your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Follow the show, social media, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com and follow us on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right. So on today's episode, we will be discussing Val Nichuskin, specifically Val Nichuskin, kind of talk about where he's gotten, where he yeah. came from, where he's gotten. He is an unrestricted free agent this season. So Kyle and I will try to kind of guess what his contract will be. And I think we'll do this for other unrestricted free agents, but I think we have to start with him because you could say priority one, priority one a is him and Darcy Kemper going into the off season, but we're going to start with Val Nachuskin and you know, why wait till the off season? He's having such a good season. We'll talk about that. We will talk about the Florida Panthers. We did the scheduling for the wildcard teams and looked at, the remaining schedule. We didn't do it for the Panthers and they're, they're who's kind of right in our back pocket when it comes to the president's trophy. <clears throat> so why not look at their schedule, see between theirs and ours, who's going to win that thing. And then we'll talk about, I don't want to say it's disrespect, but I think Kyle might go there with, with the disrespect, but I think avalanche fans kind of always feel like the avalanche don't get enough credit for what they do. And I listen to a lot of hockey talk. Like it's, it's just all consuming, especially this time of year. Yeah. And something very interesting happened and, and somebody finally like backed the avalanche in something specific. So we'll get to that too. So we will start with Mr. Val Machuskin. I You said about a week ago when somebody put up, I put up the question on Instagram about, you know, who's the, or the, the question was, who's the MVP of the team? You said, or I, there wasn't even the MVP of the team is who's the best player on the avalanche. Mm-hmm. And you went to Nachuskin unabashed. Like you were just like, Nope, it's, it's found the Uh You got some pushback from that. I understand where you're going with that. I don't think he's the best player on the team, but maybe he's more, one of the more important players on the team. We'll start with your like, you know, love affair that you have with Mr. Val Nachuskin, and then we'll kind of just talk about him in general. Go ahead. Who scored in that <clears throat> Capitals game when we were required, like we were on our heels, like taken out of our game? Who stepped up? Yeah. Who stepped up all year? Like when we ask like the top line to do what we pay them to do, they do it. Yeah, Nuke has been since the start just appreciative for the opportunity. Like we're not asking him to go out there and score a goal, uh, be an anchor on that power play, be physical, um, facilitate. He's doing like he's playing more than required, night in, night out, and it's something we get accustomed to. And you raise that bar a little bit, and he rises a little bit above. He keeps yeah. stepping up. He doesn't have bad games. 
like when the question yeah, was true. asked, like who's like who's the best on the team right now? If you look at the season in a whole, like you haven't had like the absence when Nuke is out, you feel it. Yes, you do. Other players step into roles like when Nathan McKinnon and Landis Gog are out, we kind of like we filter in and like you feel it, but not to the level of Nuke because he does so many different things. Like he's really underappreciated. And when that question was posed, I figured that was a good time to finally just put the spotlight on the man because he doesn't go out there for the glory. He just does it because he's thankful for the chance, especially after Dallas was like, have a good career, son. It was right. nice knowing you. Like he came in here and everybody forgets when he first started with the Avalanche, everybody mm-hmm. was waiting game after game and ripping on him. Like, why did we get this guy? This is such an <laughs> embarrassment like this. Another game without a goal. And then ever since he got that first goal, it's been magic ever since. Yeah, you say he's he's underappreciated. He's he's not in the locker room. They know exactly what you know he means to that team. Um, and it, it did. I mean, it, it took him a little while to get going. No, he you're right about him never really having bad games. Like once he got settled in in Colorado, he's been great. He's mm-hmm. been he's been absolutely great. And he, he's he's one of the more important players on that team. And when he came into the league, like he was, he was expected to be what he is now, mm-hmm. you know, when Dallas drafted him um, and it just kind of went South quick. I have his stats up here. 13, 14 was his rookie year. Okay. Played 79 games, uh, 34 p- points, a plus minus of 20 good rookie season. Followed that up with eight games and he had a single assist. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming that was injury riddled. I, I don't remember, yeah. you know, his second season. And I, I don't remember. I don't imagine he played eight games and then they brought him back that back or brought him down because the very next year he played 79 games, uh, followed by 57. And that was it in Dallas. So those last two years, I mean, they kind of gave up on him after that 1819 season when he played 57 games, didn't score a goal, had 10 assists. The year prior to that, I mean, he played 79 games, nine goals, 20 assists, 29 points. He's a young guy then. And they flat out gave up on him. Yep. They, like, I mean, for a team to do that and not work with this guy who has the, the size, he's got good speed, he has skill, and you gave up on him after that, really, like, one downer of a season. I don't, the 14 15 season where he had eight games, forget about that. He came back and had almost a third, you know, 29 points on the season, nine goals, 20. And then for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know. Dallas just said, we're done with you. But yet hold on to Jamie Ben with every ounce of energy they have and won't let him go. Yeah. Right. It's so true. Um, And then, so Colorado, when they signed him, it was just, we'll see what you can do. You know, we'll put in the time with you. And, you know, the, the first year in, in Colorado, 65 games played, 13 goals, 14 assists for 27 points, but a plus minus of 26. So that's, you know, encouraging because when he's on the ice, things are happening. Maybe he's not scoring. Maybe he's not getting the points that you want. But, you know, he, he commands attention because he's so big. Mm-hmm. And that opens up the ice. for. And then you could see it. You could see it. And, and his first year in Colorado. I mean, it took him 
I, I don't, uh, can I get to? I think it was at least five or six games before he tallied anything. I want to say it was more than that. I do. I, I, th- I think it was um, well, tallied anything. I mean, maybe an assist, yes. but the goals, everyone was looking at the goals because mm. he was, he had gone like 60 something games without a goal. Yeah, true. It was like um, two years or something like that. It was a long time. And he finally got one and then he just settled in. And ever since then, you know, he has just gotten better every year. And so far this, this year, 57 games played 22 goals, 25 assists. That's 47 points. That's a career high. Again, a plus minus of 23. And I know that's all speculative, but plus minus, but you know, it's a barometer for something. Um, and, you know, he is, he is a free agent unrestricted. He's 27 years old. So this is the contract that they all look forward to. There's so many questions about what he'll do. Does he stay loyal to Colorado? Because they gave him a chance. He, he was done. Nobody was knocking on the door of Alan Chuskin except for Colorado. And now every team, including Dallas is kicking themselves in the butt. Dallas is for not working hard with them. The other teams are for not doing what the Avalanche did. Just give them a, yeah. give them a flyer. So what do you think happens? Cause now he's going to command some money. Um, I guess number one, do you think it will be with Colorado? And number two, what do you think it will be? He's making two and a half now, if I'm not mistaken, he is. And I honestly think, like we talk about Nathan McKinnon taking a loyalty bonus because of everything he's went through and what he's built kind of in Colorado. You honestly think that Val would go to the table with the same loyalty bonus. Like you gave me a chance when nobody else would. And they were more than happy with letting me go overseas and finishing my career. And you gave me a chance. I honestly feel like he's going to come to the table with that same loyalty and whatever Sackick says, I, I feel like Val is just that kind of guy. He's like, yeah, if that's what it takes, I would love to be back here in Colorado. I don't, I don't think it'll yeah. be one of those long drawn out arbitration type situations. I feel like whatever Sackick says, because Sackick is also thankful for what Val has done for the Avalanche. I feel yeah. like he's going to come to the table with an honest deal, and Val would probably say, "Yeah, I would love to stay here." So, <clears throat> I agree. I think he, he you know, will. I don't want to throw the around the you know the the, the hometown discount <clears throat> um, phrase or anything like that. I think you know I think this is going to come down to term. I think this is going to be similar to the Philip Grubauer uh, negotiations. I, I don't think they'll be far off on money, mm-hmm. uh, but this is the contract where guys. This is where they cash in. This is the yeah. best contract that they will get for most most guys when they're 27 years old. It's their first unrestricted contract. He's going to get offers from a lot of teams. And that's my fear is that some other team will come in and give him a max term and uh, the, the dollars will kind of be similar. <clears throat> but and I don't know if the Avalanche want to go a seven year deal for him. I don't know if they want to do that. I can see them going, especially I mean, if they're not going to give Kale McCarr seven yeah. plus years, why would they give? And I know McCarr is in a different, you know, he, his was a restricted. Uh, he will likely get that on his next contract. But for, for Nachuskin, he's going to want security at this stage in his career. So I think he's going to want that seven year deal 
And I just feel like the Avs, while he's done well, I don't think he's that type of player where you give him a, a, you know, a max term deal. So I'm thinking the abs are looking at four or five years. And I'm thinking you basically double his salary minimally. Interesting. And you, you go somewhere between five and like five and a half million a year. And I think for four to five years, I think is, is where the abs are. I think he's going to want seven years at five to five and a half. And I don't know if the avalanche would, would, would want to do that. I was honestly thinking four for six. It doesn't hurt. That's um, like you're basic, for yeah. like five or six. Like you're giving him a little bit of a boost, but you're not paying him probably to his full potential. Four for six isn't terrible. And you're not saying, well, we're just bumping you up to three mil. Here's your three for seven. Like a four for five or six isn't that bad. Especially six is it, on the high end. Six is on, like that. That's that's on the high high end for him. Um, I mean, four and, for five. Like I would do that tonight. And I would do that. What tonight. you say to Val is try doing this somewhere else. You're going to have to start all over again. Is it going to be another Dallas situation? You know, we're loyal to you. We're going to give you five. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it after the five. Mm-hmm. Like he's still relatively youngish. It's 27. Like after that though? five, like four for five is not bad, especially no. if this is what you're getting for the next five years. Right. Right. So let me put some bonuses in there. You could. His birthday is March 4th. So he's already turned 27. So he's not turning 28 until next season. If his birthday is March 4th, give him three mil for four years. Yeah. (laughs) Match the, match the, uh, the birth date. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, six is a little bit too rich for me. Um, I'm, I'm happier in the five to five and a half for him. Uh, but I, and I think that's, I think he would take that now, what you say six, I think that's a little bit too much for the avalanche. There's a team out there that's going to give that to him. I can almost guarantee that they, a team like, like a Calgary would go out there and give him six years. Um, no, I think it's a team that, that, that's like, a, not, not in rebuild, but it's just like right on the cusp. Maybe they just missed the, the playoffs, the ducks, yeah, the Kings. somebody like the, like the teams like that, that, that need that, like that little boost and, and he could definitely do that. I think that's the team that you'll find giving him a, a nice, nice contract. Oh, he would be a good replacement for Kopitar out in LA. Like that's just plug yeah. and play. Yeah. So um, like the, I don't want to lose him. <clears throat> I don't, I think no. he's perfect for this team and I don't think he wants to go anywhere, but I think it will come down to term. So yeah. um, I want to hear from you guys. I'm sure we'll have a lot of comments in the YouTube section on this. So uh, looking forward to reading those. We talked about how important he is to the team. Um, and I, I, I was listening to NHL network on the, uh, on Sirius the other day. And I love those guys. Like there's a lot of good mm-hmm. shows on Sirius, but something was just irking me. And it was David Backus of all people who came to the defense of the Colorado avalanche. So we'll get to that in a second but first we're going to hear from hello fresh and with hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip the trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit get farm fresh seasonal products and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door 
every week. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned, so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 meals, free meals, and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right. So with the Avalanche kind of, you know, being in the driver's seat for a good portion of the season, once they took it over, they really haven't relinquished it at all. And uh, I I listened to a lot of hockey talk with uh, hockey radio and hockey podcasts. Like uh, my day is spent really just reading up on everything and listening to as as much as I can take in, I take it all in. And on uh, Sirius XM, the, the NHL network on there, they do give the avalanche a lot of, of uh, airtime. I have to give them credit mm-hmm. for that. But I get the feeling lately that the abs are, I, I guess, like old news, boring news. You know, like just because they've been in this position for as long as they have. And now we're getting to the point of the season where, you know, the playoffs are right around the corner. So now we're like predicting matchups and who's, you know, matching up well with who, who doesn't match up well with who. And one thing that I'm, I'm hearing over and over and over again is who's the team that's going to sneak in and they always are like, will they, is this a challenge for the Colorado Avalanche? And you're hearing a lot of it between what we were talking about, that last team in, like, is it Dallas? Is it Nashville? Is it Vegas? And everybody, like the, for the hot ticket item is Vegas because of their past and people think that you know if they can get in they're going to cause some damage and it was david backus who was a guest on a show there was like two or three guys that were guests at the same time it was a good like roundtable discussion and these other guys are sitting there kind of saying like oh you know the all the the old talking points like ooh, watch out for vegas if vegas can sneak in you know, they, they, they could be that team that gives the Colorado Avalanche fits. And David Backus is just sitting there. He's not saying a word. And then he comes out with, I don't get this. He's like, I don't. He goes, after an 82-game season, you are what you are. And why do we feel like there's just this magic pill that these teams that just sneak in take, and then all of a sudden they're amazing in the postseason? And he went on to say, like, he goes, it doesn't matter who the Colorado Avalanche face. They basically he's saying they, they will wipe the floor. I'm not going that far. But he he, I think he what he was trying to do was give more credit to the Avalanche. Stop yeah. giving credit to these teams that are just sneaking in and then all of a sudden going to set the league on fire. It doesn't happen. And he was re- I, I, I wanted to, like, call this station and just be like, <laughs> thank you, David Backus, for backing the Colorado Avalanche. It's a, he makes a very, very good point here. And I think the avalanche, honestly, <clears throat> they've done it to their self. They've taken the fun out of the equation. Yeah. Like in the past couple of years, when the avalanche make it to the playoffs, it's, you know, the avalanche are doing okay, but as long as they don't make it to the third, like <clears throat> if they hold on to that lead in the third period, watch out. Or if they don't take it to overtime, watch out. That's our weakness. 
The Avalanche all year long have won the game in every aspect and come back and they like they've taken the fun out of it. Like you don't know what they're going to do in this situation. The Avalanche have already done it, and it was probably in January. <laughs> and right. like they're setting records left and right, and like something that really bothers me. Everybody feels like this team has gotten boring. If you look at this team from beginning to end, we've been shut down for COVID twice. You know, that was a thing that happened this season. Like yeah. Jack Johnson was getting tested in the Nashville game. It didn't join us until halfway through the first period. We had to fly in Eustace Annan just so we could have a full team. We talk about depth all the time. At the beginning of the season, it was an issue because mm-hmm. that COVID reared its ugly head at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And now they are just an absolute machine. And yes, it's taken the fun out of it because you can't poke a hole in how this team plays. The Avalanche are their own worst enemy right now because they're the only ones that dictate if they're going to win or lose. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I think that's, that's you know, it's just, like I said in the beginning, like they're just old news. Like, oh, we got to talk yeah. about the Colorado Avalanche again and how, you know, they won another game and they're extending their, their points streak on, you know, who's in second place. And now it's uh, uh, St. Louis. St. Louis is on a nine-game win streak. Guess who was just on a nine-game win streak? Colorado Avalanche. But, you know, you're hearing all about how St. Louis uh, – now, now, this is what we like to do. Now, because St. Louis is on a nine-game winning streak, maybe 10, I, I think – aren't they playing right now? I don't believe. Let's see. Yes, they are. Yeah. What's, what's the score on that? It is 2-2 going into the third at the okay. time of recording against Boston. But, okay, so, so you know, this time of the year, this is where you pay attention to how teams are playing going into the postseason. But what, what's happening? St. Louis has a nine-game winning streak, potentially 10-game winning streak. So what are we talking about? The year that they won the cup, when they turned things around after the All-Star break, that has nothing to do with the season. Absolutely nothing. But in the, the sports world, we like to drum those things up and drum up the past and because it wasn't that long ago when that happened. It means garbage. It yep. doesn't mean anything. It means they're playing well now. Like, that's what I'm worried about is how St. Louis is playing now. Not that they came back when they were, you know, the bottom of the standings and turned things around a couple of years ago to win the cup. Congratulations. That was a few years ago. This team is different now. It's just and- we just keep doing this like we want to bring back all these, you know, if it's within like a five year stretch, we'll do it. And if it's within the season, like the avalanche are having, it's just like, that's boring. Yeah. We know the avalanche are good. Let's talk about the teams that could potentially beat them. Yeah. And we always like the new shiny flashy thing. And we like to try and make it work and sustainable. Like the blues have a chance. This could be, they could replicate what they did before, but like avalanche fans kind of fall in that same trap. Like Whenever you talk, especially like in the beginning of the year, you talk about the Avs or you talk about the Avs to any fan on the street. You're like, yeah, I remember the Avs. Boy, that Joe Sackick team and Patrick Waugh. Boy, that was a great time. Guess what? Right here in the here and now, this team has the capability of being better than that team you remember. Right. Pay attention to what we got going on right now. Yeah. Usually that's the second thing after you talk about the Avs is what's your favorite memory? And then somebody talks about an old playoff game from the 90s and 2000s. This team right now is going to be better than your memory. Pay attention to what we got going on right now. And we don't do that. We're not like, we're not having a parade for this team. We're just kind of like me included. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Where is this going to go wrong? This team is going to be better. And it's, yes, the blues are coming in. Great. The Avs were on a winning streak. We don't talk about it because like we mentioned, the Avs just win and that's what they do. Like it's something new. It's a new narrative, but when the playoffs get here, 
Look at the two teams on the ice and tell me who's going to win. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it, it's <clears throat> if you listen to a lot of sports radio, hockey radio, uh, you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you, and and if it's Vegas, the the talking points will be everything that the Vegas has done in the past and not how they struggled mightily to get into the postseason. We'll forget yep. all about that loss that they just had to the Devils, and you know, and and talk about <clears throat> how they're going to give the Avalanche a run. Maybe they will. But it's yeah. just, you know, and, and I and again, I just want to go back to thanking uh, David Backus for really for kind of putting the 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 spotlight back on how good this avalanche team is and, and stop yeah. thinking that all of a sudden they're just going to it's the total opposite. The team that just sneaks in is going to be miraculously amazing. And the avalanche who have been great all year miraculously is just going to fall off a cliff. You can't it's anticipate not, that stuff happening. That's not how it works. No, I mean, anything is possible. But, um, you know, you just don't anticipate it going to happen the way that the season's gone for them. So, all right. Uh, one more segment to get to. We'll talk about the Florida Panthers um, and their schedule. <laughs> <But> first, <laughs> the first built bar. Uh, you know it and you love it. And if you have not tried the built bar puffs, what are you waiting for? You're missing out mm. on one of the best tasting protein bars on the market. The Built Bar Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow protein bar. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and all Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. In the Puffs, you can get some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. For regular Built Bars, you can get flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond. Y'all, you like the cherry barcia? I do. And the coconut. And I'm not a big toffee fan. I'm not, but the toffee built bar is actually excellent. I have to say. I started my day today with a salted caramel built bar dipped into my coffee. Ooh, now you're talking. And you know what else you can do? Cody from Lockdown Broncos turned me on to this. Throw your built bars in the freezer. Yes, do that. So uh, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Florida Panthers are the uh, kind of, yeah. Do you ever notice with like with cats, like, like cat owners? Well, dog owners, whatever dog you have, they will tell you all the different like breeds that they are. Mm. And for cat owners, like what kind of cat do you have? You just tell the color. Yeah, it's great. It's that one. It's got, yeah. a, it's got a white stripe on it's its <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> so the Panthers are, you know, uh, the the rival for the Avs to get the President's Trophy. And like we said, we looked at the schedules for the wild card teams in the West. So why not look at what's remaining for the Florida Panthers? Compare that to the Colorado Avalanche and kind of uh, see where this President's Trophy is going to go. Right now, they're still they're playing right now, right? They're, they're are they still one to one? I'm looking at a lot. No, ooh, they are. Islanders are up two to one with 9:46 to go at time of recording. Okay, there you go. And and they are two points behind Colorado, correct? Correct. All right. So for the remainder of the season, here is the Panthers' schedule: uh, at home against Detroit, at home against Toronto at home against Tampa. So the next three games are at home. And then the last three games are on the road at Boston, at Ottawa, 
at Montreal. So you would have to think the the Detroit is a win, and then you're home against Toronto. That's a tough game. That's, that's a very tough game. You're and then the very next day you're still at home uh, against Tampa, and Tampa is a struggling team right now. I mean, they're still they are. Tampa, but they're struggling. But those are the games that Tampa steps up for. There's a rivalry sure. there, right? So, so all right, you say maybe they get two out of three there. Okay, maybe they lose the the Toronto game. So that's four points that they got. And then the last three at Boston, very tough tough game. So we'll say they lose that. And then they finish a back-to-back relatively easy at Ottawa, at Montreal. So three and three. Yeah. Okay. So that's six points. And who knows what they, let's say they lose this game against the Islanders. Um, So that would put them at 120, correct? Because they're at 114. Yep. Okay. For the Avalanche. Seattle, uh, that's tonight. You have at Edmonton, at Winnipeg. So that's a three-game road trip right there. You feel pretty good about the Seattle game. Yeah, that's a two and a half out of three right there. Edmonton is a little... Yeah, I like how they played Edmonton last time, but that's always a tough game. Yeah. Uh, All right, so we'll say they get two out of three there, and then you're at home against St. Louis, at home against... Nashville, and then the very next day, your last game is at Minnesota. That's a tough last three games where the last couple games for Florida are relatively easy. These are a little bit tougher. So Seattle's a win. You'd think Winnipeg is a win. Um, man, and then, you know, you want to say, yes, you're at home against St. Louis and you're at home against Nashville. You like those games because you're at home. Let's see. One, two. That should be a Landy return for that home series. You should be seeing Landis Gog for that would be a push. Yeah, that would. I mean, if he comes home, his first his first game is against St. Louis. Yeah. You know, that's a win. (laughs) Yeah. Arena is going to be crazy. Um, So you got you know, you have six games left yourself. If you can go three and three, we're kind of predicting Florida going three and three. You got it. You got it in the bag. You are leading them in regulation wins, so they're not going to beat you there. So I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of thinking a, a three and three finish for the Avs wins this thing. You would hope. Um, then you also hope that you could just kind of go the distance. And if you're going to drop one, take it to overtime. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that a little something. It, yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be clutch. But as, and you got Nas returning tonight, possibly against Seattle, um, maybe later on this week. Yeah. Um, Landy coming back, possibly that following that really rough end of the week. Um, those could help your chances. But honestly, you don't need to have another game like you did against Washington. Like mm. if you if you have another kind of just flat game then president's trophies out I mean, the window. Yeah. And I mean, if you go three and three, so the apps have 116 right now. So you got, it's 124 points. That's crazy. I mean, 124 points and, and you don't win the president's trophy. That's, that's a little crazy. And, uh, and for what Florida is putting together right now, like they're right there. So it's a misstep could. It's 122. I'm sorry. It's 122. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. 
homeschool in Alabama. Yeah. I can't do math on the fly. I, get, I can't count past yeah. 10 with my shoes on. So, um, <laughs> like, yeah, any little misstep, like, and if this game continues like this for the Florida Panthers, um, you'll know when you're listening to this, like, this could alter their their path as well. Like, you mm-hmm. can't you can't lose the easy games, and you have to play those, like, the challenging games, and you have to establish, like, you're in this spot for a reason. Like, it's going to be neck and neck till the end of the year. So, and the, the way these two teams are constructed, like, yeah, this this is one of those that you want to see in the finals because this would be, like, you pray this is a seven-game series. I mean, because, you know, you, you look at Florida again, they have three easy wins mm-hmm. with Detroit, Ottawa, and Montreal. And we're saying three and three. We're just assuming they're going to lose to Toronto at home, lose to Tampa at home, and lose in Boston. If they sneak one of those games – and the abs go three and three. I mean, then then you tie them, assuming again that they're losing the game that they're currently playing right now against the Islanders. So I know we have to wait to see the the end result of that, and then we're, we got you know six games each, and we'll know where we stand. Um, but I mean, it, it the Avalanche are in charge here; they, they mm-hmm. control this. So, but I think they have a little bit tougher go at it because they only have two more home games where. Uh, Florida has that extra home game. That, that's a big deal. And and their schedule is a little bit easier playing three teams that are at the lower end of the standings. So and to those and to those fans that say I don't want the president's trophy, yes, I'd be do. better if we don't you don't want that as a mindset at all going into the yeah. playoffs. I don't want like you can like justifyingly take a step back because this isn't something you want. When you get into the playoffs, nothing else matters. You want it all. You want it. You want it. So if the president's trophy is right there, you go for it. Cause like you don't, you don't want those kind of thoughts coming into your team. Like, Oh, well we tried. No, yeah, no, that is, that's not what you want in a playoff caliber team. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see. It's uh, right around the corner when this thing will all get wrapped up and then the big season starts. So uh, we got the Kraken last matchup with them for this season should be a win here let's not you know please let it be against Grubauer. please yeah yeah so uh kyle and i will be back tomorrow to discuss that and anything else that is happening maybe kadri comes back i don't know well you would like that i know that i would indeed all right uh but that's gonna wrap it up for today everybody thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day go check out locked on nhl for your second listen of the day and uh, follow us on the social media outlets once again. So uh, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Maselli. It's the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!